Drops better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday episode of the show. Today's podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Kyle, what's up? Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, Joe. Have you been watching any of the Olympics? A little bit. A little bit, Kyle. I watched you, some of the archery, you, the synchronized diving. You've watched a little basketball. bit more than I have. So you enjoying it? Um, you know, Like, should I find time for it? No, no, you shouldn't oh, okay. find time. Yeah, forget it. It's, it to me, it's just, it's perfectly fine background stuff while my my daughter's watching coco melon on my cell phone so you dun, know dun, 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 dun. yeah coco melon exactly so kyle got gas over the weekend and did you take like a gas x or a pepto or something <laughs> you know i'm I, I set myself up for that but i got gas for my vehicle oh okay yeah so so i pulled up to the pump you got some signs. petrol. There's signs, Kyle. They're very excited to tell me that it's contactless payment. I'm like, all right, cool. Contactless payment. I get up to the pump. I wave my card. And it's like, all right. It took my payment. But you know what wasn't contactless, Kyle? The next 16 questions they asked me, like what my zip code is. Do I want a receipt? Do I want a car wash? Which type of fuel do I want? Of course, I had to touch the handle. So thanks for eliminating the one part that really didn't matter. When I slide my card in there and pull it out, I still have 10 more things that I have to do that require me to touch the screen. You're still paying at the pump, though. It's not like you went to a teller or anything. You just you paid at the pump. Right. But instead of doing the the swipe, you just wave wave your card. Yeah. You've seen this. Like, is that to be inclusive to like Apple Pay and stuff like that? Is yeah, that, I think is that so. the big to do? So just yeah. pay on your phone now, which um, would be fine and cool. But like I, see, you know, what? you've been through this. They ask more questions than your mom. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's unreal. Yeah, or that that aunt at the holidays on Thanksgiving when you sit down and right. It's like an interrogation. Joe, are you seeing anybody? Like <laughs> those questions and, <laughs> are no longer part of, part that, of the equation. Maybe right. that's for Shuby. Right. No more uh, choose your own adventure when when faced with right. that. Uh, let me ask you this. You ever got gas in New Jersey? I can't say that I have. Don't. don't. Never do it. Don't. If you, if you go to another state, just you know, push the car to Pennsylvania. Push the car to New York to get gas. Don't do it, Joe. You want to know what's special about New Jersey getting gas? <laughs> I do. I'm anxious to learn here. You're not allowed to pump your own fuel. You're kidding. No. Why? No, so you pull up and then you got to have that interaction with somebody when you're sitting in the car and what? they walk up to your window and ask you what kind of gas you want and how much you want. And you got to sit there and pop the thing for them. And you, you literally got to let them pump your gas because you're not allowed to do it. And then it's like, now I'm obligated to tip you because you provided me with a service when I can go to. I don't know what the rules are across the entire country, but I would assume 49 other states and I don't have to tip to get gas in my car. <laughs> I feel like you're telling me a lie. I swear. It's like a state mandated Chris, thing where Chris, every single one of them has an attendant. 
Chris, yep. Chris can back me up. He's he's from New York, Are so you... he's he's done the Jersey <laughs> thing plenty of times. Can't the wait. worst. So nobody's paying with cash. Nobody has cash in the year 2021. So do you add the tip like it's uh, to the receipt, like you're at a restaurant? You add the tip on there. How are you tipping this guy or this girl? Joe, you just avoided it at all costs, man. You don't put yourself. No, people in a are doing it. People are getting gas. You can't completely you get avoid gas it. every day in New Jersey. Yeah. Now uh, we have a very good show lined up for everybody, but we're going to go down this path here because I have a question for for <laughs> Kyle here. <laughs> Kyle, where where you get gas, do they have options for full service? Because where in New York, growing up, there were certain gas stations where one side of the pump is the self-serve and the other side is the full serve. So let's say it's snowy out one day or it's really cold and you don't want to get out of the car. You can pull to that side and get the, the gas pumped for you. But oh, you don't no, no, have no, no. to do it. No, you don't no. have to do it. It's a it's no holds barred down Pennsylvania, Delaware, all the states that I've lived. It's Hope you hope you park on the non-leaky side with the overhang because if it's precipitation out, you got to get out of the car. You got to pump your own gas. So anyway, right, so, so the Big Ten has good prospects, right? <laughs> the Big Ten has as many first-round grades as Joe had in the ACC yesterday. Two, two first-round grades in my top ten here. Uh, also, a little programming note. Uh, we're doing the Power Five conferences, uh, but one of the other primary schools that I'm responsible for is Notre Dame. Uh, if we were recognizing Notre Dame, which we're not, and I understand they played in the ACC last year, neither here nor there, I don't care. More than anything else, it was a good excuse for me to watch more of the ACC last year. There'd be two players that would qualify for the top 10. So we'll recognize those and a couple other honorable mentions at the end of the show, just like Joe did yesterday. Uh, but my lowest graded player, my player coming in at number 10, the guy that I'm going to introduce to everybody first, is a second slash third round grade with a lean to a three. So almost everybody that I gave grades to was first or second round, but only two of these guys are true blue chip players based on the film that they put on the field last year. Are we ready to take the stroll? Let's boogie. Okay, let's boogie. Uh, the first player coming in at number 10, the 10th best player according to my assessment across the Big Ten entering the 2021 college football season is Ohio State offensive tackle Thayer Munford. Uh, six foot six, 321 pounds. He enters the 2021 season with 34 career starts. He was second team all Big Ten in 2019 and first team all Big Ten in 2020. Uh, he's got a pretty inspirational uh, background story as far as a really influential high school coach that, that helped him uh, transcend some trying dynamics uh, in the classroom. Uh, actually went on to uh, become those, that coach went on to become his legal guardian. So it's it's. Not quite to the same degree as like the Michael Ower story, but there's some parallels there with Thayer Munford. So he's a really interesting story off the field. And um, I think that's part of what makes him so attractive as a prospect, knowing that he was a little bit of a late bloomer. He had all the natural size necessary to play at a high level and be an effective offensive tackle, but uh, he struggled with academics and he was, you know, somebody who really didn't, shine on the football field until his senior year of high school uh, when he transferred and, and and worked with this coach. 
at a new football program. So he's slowly and steadily developed throughout the course of his time at Ohio State. Uh, my little bit of an intro here, Thayer Munford offers the prototypical build for the NFL offensive tackle position and pairs that size and length with plenty of power rolled into his frame. He's not the most sudden or dynamic, but Munford has ample power to his punches and offers sufficient movement skills laterally. Uh, he's developed effectively, took significant steps forward on film in 2020 relative to his 2019 tape and trending in the right direction, getting closer to further and totally harnessing his skill set to play with control and balance on a snap-by-snap -snap basis. So the arrow's pointing up for Thayer Munford. He's got all the physical skills necessary. Uh, if you like guys are going to reset the line of scrimmage, they ran a ton of split flow and inside zone there at Ohio State. Uh, so he's comfortable getting attached on guys and riding with them and, and taking defenders where they want to go. Uh, Munford's a pretty exciting prospect. And uh, although they will have a, believe a true freshman quarterback at play there behind him, um, that could further amplify Munford if he, they're able to keep the pass protection clean because he's a huge staple of what they do in the passing game. Not the last Ohio State offensive player you will hear on this list, but not next. We got to go to uh, that team up north, I think is what they're referred to in Columbus uh, for the number nine player. Uh, Michigan defensive end Aiden Hutchinson, who, Joe, I know you cross-checked this past week. Uh, yes. So I'll be interested in, in hearing some of your thoughts when I get through the a uh, little bit of an intro here to Aiden Hutchinson. He's a, a fourth-year player, six foot six, two hundred and seventy pounds. Uh, he's a second-generation Michigan Wolverine. His father played from eighty-nine to ninety-two and was the team MVP in nineteen ninety-two. Uh, he was a twenty-twenty team captain, but played in just three games after a leg fracture ended his season prematurely. Uh, some notes about Michigan specifically: uh, Don Brown. No longer in the picture, so they're going to have some changes defensively as far as uh, schematics. They're, they brought in uh, Mike McDonald, the former Baltimore Ravens linebacker coach, obviously the connection there with the Harbaugh's to run the defense. Uh, so you could expect a lot of the same things, the aggressiveness, the blitz-heavy ten tendencies that, that Coach Brown had. I would expect you'll see a lot of that based on what we've seen the Baltimore Ravens look like at the NFL level. Uh, but Aiden Hutchinson specifically, I think he's an inside-outside hybrid rusher type, uh, a base end, a five-tech. Uh, you can reduce him inside and, and rush him in the B-gap on obvious passing situations. Michigan did quite a bit of that when you take into account some of the other talented players they've had uh, during Hutchinson's time as a prominent player there. Hutchinson is a smooth athlete for his stature, offering surprising body control and is lean with fluidity and space. Despite his long frame, he offers a significant presence along the line of scrimmage. He was asked to predominantly play the anchor defensive end role in Michigan's defense, which is previously the role that was filled by the likes of Rayshon Gary uh, before he made the jump and was drafted in the first round by the Green Bay Packers. But he also took snaps at 4-I, 3-technique, and 0-tech over the center, depending on down and distance situations. Uh, really like his heavy hands, really like his length, really like his functional strength. Uh, but the ability to consistently make splash plays and consistently get off of blocks is something that needs to be monitored 
Uh, particularly, you go back and watch the Alabama bowl game from the 2019 season, and there were just some times in which pad level and leverage were an issue there. And I know some people think, oh, defensive end with leverage issues, this, this Taco Charlton all over again. So it's a big year from him in that regard. I do have him evaled as a two slash three with a lean towards a two. So I think he's a really solid player. Can he make a jump? Absolutely. But he's going to need better sack production. He's going to need better pad level along the way. Dude, you know what the thought that was on my head the whole time I was watching Hutchinson? And this is going to sound so stupid, but I just want to be honest with you. He's really big. Yes. Like I didn't expect him to be as big as he was where you truly believe this is a guy that you could play all over a defensive front and you start and to think did. about like and and you should like you you we talk about guys reducing inside and playing interior gaps there's just no doubt in my mind that he's going to be fine doing that and you think about a team like Baltimore you know they're going to love Hutchinson yeah. you know I, I think I put him three times last year three separate occasions <laughs> he went in the, in the first round in the late 20s in a mock draft to Baltimore because it's just Perfect. And now there's like that added layer with Coach McDonald taking over the defense. And it's just, I don't think I'm going to mock him to anybody else. If if he's getting into the first round on mocks, like yeah. he's going to Baltimore. So that was what was on my mind. Like literally, I'm like, the, and then you start to, all the other traits come together. Like, wow, this guy moves well and he's got heavy mm-hmm. hands and he's strong. Like the, the package becomes clear. I just did not expect him to be as large as he was. Yeah. Big body. Uh, the next guy is a, Bigger body for his respective position, but not not a monstrous player to the same degree in which Aiden Hutchinson looks to be at times. Uh, coming in at number eight uh, with a second slash third with a lean to a two evaluation, Purdue wide receiver David Bell. This junior, six foot two, 210 pounds. Uh, Joe, we talked a little bit about the offense and, and the manufactured yeah. targets that, that were really prevalent last year for the Purdue offense, but uh, a couple background notes on Bell. First, he was a two-sport athlete in high school. He played basketball. Uh, He was Indiana's uh, Gatorade Player of the Year in 2018 and the Big Ten's Freshman of the Year in 2019. So uh, through the end of his prep career and beginning of his career at Purdue, uh, a lot of accolades for him. Uh, But this, this Purdue offense made it really easy to find targets for him. And then when they brought back Rondale Moore last year, it was amplified even further uh, as far as just finding ways to get those two guys the ball. Uh, They love to just let let Bell go up and get it as a receiver in the passing game. Uh, For two wide receiver, David Bell, a little bit of my intro here, projects as a viable NFL receiver offering plus ball skills, high point ability, strong hands, and the needed physicality to win on the outside against press man coverage. Bell's emergence as a prospect has been aided some by the injury issues of Rondale Moore, opening the door for Bell to grab more of the target share for the Boilermakers over the last two seasons, and deservedly so. Bell is more of a traditional build for the position, and his ability to win at the catch point and run tough after the catch offers hope and promise that he can continue to blossom as he adds more polish to his game. That's the big thing for me is separation. How much separation can he consistently get? Because a lot of his brilliant catches are with a body near him or on him at the catch point, 
And as we've talked about, and we talked about this in our TDN scouting staff meeting not that long ago, if the, and it was in relation to Nikhil Harry. And I, he's not that player, right? He's a little different of a player. He's a little different of a build. But if you hang your hat on contested catches and winning in congestion, that traditionally is not a, a transition to the NFL level that is going to treat you very well. So that's the big thing for me with David Bell, but there's a lot to like. He's going to have a lot of production, especially with Rondale out the door now, uh, because there's they make a conscious effort to get you the football. So look for David Bell to be very, very productive this year for Purdue. You know, you mentioned the contested catches, and and you 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 harped on this. So I don't want to go too much further, but like, I just don't know that Purdue's offense gave him a ton of opportunities for it not to be contested situation. Right. So he's a player that, like, when you talk about the All Star Circuit, I think it'll be very beneficial for him mm-hmm. to really see what type of route runner he can be and what type of separator he can be. Yep, trying to extrapolate. What is your offense asking you to do yeah. versus what can you physically can and cannot do? Yeah. Number seven, heading over to Happy Valley, Penn State linebacker Brandon Smith. Uh, this dude is electric. Uh, went on Locked On NFL Draft with Benjamin Solak last month, and he asked me for my hottest take out of the Big Ten, and I said, this dude has the potential to be an Isaiah Simmons type at the linebacker position. He's a junior, six foot three, 240 pounds, Ran a uh, ran a four three eight in the buildup to his performance at Nike's the opening as a high school recruit. So, dude can blaze, and you watch him in the open field at Penn State, and he absolutely positively has every bit of that explosiveness. But he also carries that over into contact. You know, they they did a lot of zone drops with him. They blitzed him quite a bit. And what those instances showed for me was just the closing ability and the length and the hitting power. All of those things combined were really impressive for him, whether it was against Nebraska and he's in a zone drop and they run, they throw the swing route to the running back and he's eight yards off the line of scrimmage and he still gets down there in time for a tackle for loss because he's so quick to close. Or when they blitz him against Ohio State and he shoots through that B gap untouched And how many defenders did you see get a free run on Justin Fields last year and they hit him and he kind of bounced off him and kept his feet? Brandon Smith ragdolled him like he hit Kellen Moore. And that was the holy shit moment for me, Chris. Whatever I owe to the swear jar, it's fine. Just let me know. But that hit, you know, and and Fields got the ball out of his hand, so it wasn't as though he took a sack, but it was – to hit Justin Fields like that was like, oh my God, this dude's let, got wood. He lays wood as a hitter. So there's a lot of exciting stuff here with Brandon Smith, but uh, a little bit too much grass dropping or dropping to spots instead of dropping and shading to threats uh, as far as when he's playing in zone coverage. Uh, he plays with a little bit too much of an edge. He got hit with a couple personal foul calls last year, late hits tackling guys out of bounds, stuff like that. So some things to really clean up, looking to see how much more instinctual he can get, how much more uh, quick with his processor and consistent with his processor that he can get. But he has every physical tool necessary to be an absolute stud. And uh, I got him with a 2-3 with a lean to a 2 at this point in time. For all the uh, players that I have cross-checked and for how you've talked about Brandon Smith, 
how on earth have I not done him yet? He's a great question. Yeah, you know, (laughs) consider him on my list for this week as we close out the cross-check process. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, continuing on our journey through the Big Ten here, uh, my number six highest rated player in the conference entering the 2021 college football season, a true second round evaluation on this Ohio State corner, Seven Banks. Seven Banks, a senior, six foot one, 200 pounds. A four-star recruit participated in Nike's The Opening and Under Armour's All-American Game. His older brother is Marcel Harris, safety for the San Francisco 49ers. So there's some nice family lines here into the NFL. Obviously, Ohio State plays a ton of cover three, played a little bit too much of it in the national championship game, (laughs) but nevertheless played a ton of cover three. Uh, I I got some parallel vibes to Damon Arnett. Right. And Damon Arnett was probably overdrafted a little bit when you take into consideration uh, the Raiders took him in the top 20. And it kind of felt like a knee jerk reaction when the corner that they wanted went to Atlanta just a couple picks beforehand. But I think we overlook like Damon Arnett had a really good last season at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And uh, he took a lot of positive steps forward. And I look at Seven Banks and his resume, and I see a lot of the same areas of improvement and strengths as a player. He's very, very physical. He's very scrappy. Uh, He can play very sticky, uh, but there are instances of him where he's getting a little too soft at the top of route breaks and doesn't really have that trigger to get back downhill. So I kind of question like, okay, are are you going to be better off in – where you're playing on the line of scrimmage a little bit more. So that's something I'm looking forward to seeing more of from seven banks this season is his role in utilization. If he's able to find a little bit more drive and quickness at the top when he's got to plant and, and explode. Uh, but banks is the latest in the long line of recent Buckeye uh, defensive backs with prominent NFL hopes. Uh, he's impressive, even in the valleys of his play, opposite of Sean Wade in 2020, and was the most reliable coverage option in Buckeye's secondary. Banks showed the ability to execute assignment matchups and did at times travel with his man, taking snaps both in the slot and on the outside throughout the course of the season. Uh, he's a physical defender who showed good combativeness to press and disrupt route releases, but he played more often in half turn and took deep assignments in zone coverage. So uh, there's plenty of glimpses at okay, this could be a scheme transcendent type player, but I want to see a bigger body of work before I'm ready to buy all the way in and I need him to clean up some of the issues as far as staying attached on bodies with more consistency. I would agree with you because I've watched Banks. I, I want to see more, but I don't think he is a scheme-specific type corner. I think he's got the ability to be versatile and he won't be just a a fit for specific defenses. Mm-hmm. I came away pretty 
impressed with the athleticism and, and the twitch and the, and the the hips and fluidity for a guy that has good size and you like the way he plays physically. So, so I love the fact that they put him down in the slot, right? A little bit too. Oh, and it, it was yeah. like, there were yeah. opportunities where he followed guys around. It's like, okay, like if we just get you out of the damn half turn where you're conceding anything underneath, like maybe, maybe you can cut down on that completion percentage conceded and some yeah. of that by design in the system that you're playing in. Yeah, but so much of that just came in one game. Don't start with that one. That'd be the advice. If you're going to watch Banks, don't start there. I, I made that mistake, and then I went backward, got to Michigan State and some others. And yeah, up really some, good, some good showings. Uh, number five, going once again, a little bit of a trend here, to that team up north, uh, Michigan Wolverines. Free safety Daxton Hill. Uh, my number five player in the Big Ten. True second round valuation for him. Six foot, 192, uh, credited with a 4.30 second 40 yard dash and a 43 inch vertical leap during the recruitment process. This is an explosive dude. Very, very, very dynamic. Oklahoma's Gatorade High School Player of the Year in 2018. And he is the brother of Baltimore Ravens running back Justice Hill from Oklahoma state. Mm-hmm. So a little mm-hmm. bit of, again, family ties and you want a four, speed. three like justice or, well, he does. He credited with a four, three on the dot 40 yard dash oh, and a 43 inch vertical leap. So right. very, very explosive. We talked a little bit already about the transition that Michigan's defense is going through. Uh, so I'll skip right to some of my notes on Daxon specifically. Daxon Hill has all the needed physical skills to become a high-level free safety prospect for the NFL. Despite his youth and inexperience as a starter, Hill offers great flashes of open field tackling, burst and range, ball skills, and man coverage potential. With a slew of special teams reps on his plate going back to his true freshman season in 2019, Hill has been groomed with good habits as a defender and an open field tackler plus has the awareness and ability to defeat blocks on the perimeter or when running the alley to fill and run support from off and deep alignments. He reminds me some of Darnell Savage. Mm. So it kind of lets you get an idea of what he's mm-hmm. physically capable of and the versatility. And obviously Darnell was a first round pick to green Bay in the early twenties. And he's made a very successful leap to the NFL playing in green Bay. Like he's that kind of athlete and he's that kind of versatile. I, I got to watch him too. He's <laughs> got to get him on the list for this week, man. <laughs> Sounds like a good player. And I don't feel like anybody else is talking about him. He's uh, yeah, he's, he's a fun one and he is overshadowed a little bit by another safety that we'll talk about in just a couple slots here, as far as the big 10 specifically goes in its best prospects, uh, but not before number four on my list of the best Prospects in the Big Ten, true second-round valuation, redshirt junior center Tyler Linderbaum from the University of Iowa. Uh, bowling ball type. He's 6'3", 290 estimate for him. Think Garrett Bradbury type as far as his stature, but also his mobility. Uh, he's a multi-sport athlete in high school with letters in football, baseball, wrestling, and track and field. So he was a four-sport athlete, uh, pinned Tristan Wirfs during his high school wrestling career. So that's a fun little nugget. Uh, I'm sure there were some bragging rights about that on the Iowa offensive line meetings. Uh, Converted defensive tackle. Redshirted 2018 after two games on the defensive line before transitioning to play the center position. If you know anything about uh, Iowa, very run-heavy system. Uh, 
a lot of under center alignments, inside power concepts, some wide zone. And he really shines in all the same ways that Garrett Bradbury did at North Carolina State as far as hitting far-reaching landmarks and reach blocks and stringing guys out. And if you're going to try and penetrate up the field, he's got the athleticism to unlock his hips and just ride you out and let the back cut off his ass and get upfield and, and get some yardage. So uh, the question and the concern is that Garrett Bradbury's transition in the NFL hasn't necessarily been totally smooth. Would you and say Tyler, this- though? He's stronger, though. Wouldn't you – I would off of 2020 because I was much lower on Tyler coming into the 2020 season because I'm like, I don't know if this dude's got the functional strength to play. So Mm -hmm. I think he's got more functional strength than Garrett Bradbury did. But nevertheless, you're talking about a 290-pound estimate center prospect. I would love to see him play this year at 300, 305 and see what kind of athleticism he's got. That's probably a little bit of a roll for the dice. I'd probably still play at 290 and then just show up at the combine at 305 and test really well. Like, that's what I would do. I'm going to be completely honest. But I don't know. Like, that's just kind of like a black cloud on Tyler as far as those. If you're that size, that's always going to hang over your head a little bit in the pre-draft process. Yeah, no doubt. I like this tape, though, but I like Bradbury, too. So, Number four uh, was Tyler Linderbaum. Excuse me. Number three. Was is George Carlaftis, defensive end, George Carlaftis the third, defensive end from the Purdue Boilermakers. So uh, would you believe me if I told you that this top 10 had more Purdue Boilermakers than it did Iowa Hawkeyes, Penn State Nittany Lions, uh, Michigan State Spartans. Uh, there's there's <laughs> two of the top 10, top eight even. Uh, Purdue, Carlaftis is a junior, six foot four, two hundred seventy five pounds. We talked a little bit about him when we went through the edge group, so we did. Uh, I'm not going to exhaust too much of my breath there. I would highly recommend everybody go through the uh, broad brush strokes that we did with uh, the edge group when we did that podcast. But he has a track background. He's a two time state champion in shot put in high school, so uh, you, you get a little bit of a sense of how heavy and powerful his hands and his upper body is when you watch him on tape. A lot of that you know, correlates to the, the power through his entire core and frame uh, that you apparently need to be a two-time state champion in shot put at the high school level. Uh, first team AP uh, freshman All-American in 2019. He had tremendous production his true freshman season. And in 2020, he only uh, played half of the games because of injury and uh, COVID protocols. So he's a high ceiling player. Also think he's a high floor player. Uh, he's very high motor, relentless, heavy hands. It's just a question of your evaluation is almost entirely off of tape that was as a true freshman two years ago. So if he's able to replicate just how effective he was in kind of pulling and, and snatching offensive tackles off their sets as a rusher and uh, some of the inside counters that he has, he's he's shown some really nice habits as far as setting up outside and working back inside. If he does all of that again, you know he's not going to be one of those four or five guys who everybody loses their minds because he can run full speed and run under the kitchen table. But he's going to reduce angles, and we've talked plenty on this show about the value of reducing angles as a power rusher 
versus trying to play at steep angles as a speed rusher. And Carlaftis uh, uh, has plenty of promise based off that 2019 true freshman season. Kyle, I, uh, I threw shot put one year in high school. You did? I did not know this. <laughs> I did. How'd shot it go? My personal best was 32 feet. You know, kind of okay. kind of hung around that 30 line. You know, not not great. These guys that are good getting over 50 feet, some of these guys. But, yeah, that wasn't me. 32 feet was my career best as a junior in high school. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, a family business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and right in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Number two, Ohio State wide receiver Chris Olave. True first-round valuation, six foot one, one eighty-nine, four three eight estimate on his 40-yard dash. Uh, he was a three-sport athlete in high school. He ran 10-8 in a 100-meter dash and had a 23 feet, six-inch long jump. So, Joe, his long jump was nearly as long as your shot put. <laughs> I'm so glad I delivered that <laughs> that, that nugget there for you. You know, uh, he's a 2019 third team All Big Ten player, 2020 first team All Big Ten player. Enters 2021 having logged 19 receiving touchdowns in his last 21 games since taking over a featured role in the Buckeyes offense in 2019. Uh, this offense vertical, a lot of push, aggressive down the field. A lot of option routes, play action, kill shots down the field, shallow crossers. Just ask Michigan about the shallow crossers. Ohio State seems to <laughs> shred them with it every year. Uh, Chris Olave is one of college football's most refined route runners, a true route technician. Olave has illustrated high levels of football intelligence and is the latest product of an Ohio State program that is churning out high-level prospects under the watch of wide receivers coach Brian Hartline. Olave lacks the physical stature to be a dominant possession receiver in traffic, and his worst moments do seem to come when contested or looking to high, foot, high point the football above the rim in traffic, but an accurate passer will be able to feed him the football on schedule and allow Olave's high-end separation skills to shine in the pro game. Uh, this was one of those guys, Joe, I did the full write-up on him last December expecting him to come out. And he ended up coming back. So uh, when we do flip the reports over on the, on the site, you're going to have the 10 trait breakdown of Olave. Uh, I have a couple of guys, honestly, that I did that with and got busted mm. with. But uh, Olave, I'm really glad I have it because I like the way it reads a lot. Uh, he is very, very smooth. Uh, I think his initial explosiveness isn't necessarily as good as his 5 to 10 or 5 to 15 yard explosiveness and, and burst. 
but this is a guy who gets out in the open field and he eats up yardage and his ball tracking skills are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I am in love with his tape. I see a lot of Terry McLaurin as far as being a route runner in that offense specifically. It's it's an easy comparison. I hope it's not considered a lazy comparison, but it's an easy comparison when you consider all of the types of routes that they're asked to run. You're seeing a one-for-one correlation. And I stand by what I said, that you're going to get the vast majority of Devontae Smith with Chris Olave as a football player. My favorite tape of Chris Olave is Penn State, and, and that's because for a somewhat slender type receiver, seeing him go up against Joey Porter Jr., who has all the size and physicality and length right. you could ever want. The longest corner I've ever seen in my entire life, Joey Porter Jr. Olave didn't care. He didn't care. Some <laughs> and he really, took that touchdown right off the top he, of his helmet. He did, man. He absolutely did. So I, I that was the game where – it immediately put any concerns that I had about his size and his ability to produce in the NFL. Which brings us to number one, safety, Brandon Joseph, Northwestern Wildcats have the <laughs> title of the best right? prospect in the <laughs> Big Ten. First round grade. This dude is a stud. Redshirt sophomore. He was a redshirt freshman season last season. Six foot and five eighths of an inch, 192 pounds. His estimated 40 time is right around a four five. So he's not like Daxton Hill or super explosive or anything like that. But I don't care. You watch him on tape, he does everything. AP first team All American, not freshman All American, AP first team All American in 2020. He's the first Big Ten defender to log three interceptions in the first three games of his season since both Malik Hooker and Marshawn Lattimore did it for Ohio State in 2016. Originally committed to Texas Tech before decommitting and reconsidering and uh, committing to Northwestern. His coverage skills are tremendous. Uh, Brandon Joseph played well beyond his experience levels during a breakout 2020 campaign as a redshirt freshman in 2020. He led the team in interceptions with six and added an additional eight passes defensed in just nine games played. Tremendous ball skills and high-level instincts despite being just a redshirt freshman. Uh, for an NFL caliber defensive system that asks a lot of their secondary. They, I mean, this was not watered down. We're going to play cover one and just play man to man and have a guy that's sitting 20 yards off the ball and ask him to go get anything vertically down. The they did some complex stuff with their secondary last year and in coverage. Uh, Joseph is active in both the run and the pass game triggering on jet motion or to fill the alley or alternatively pick up delayed releases despite eye candy backfield while moving at the snap. His own coverage in deep portions of the field is excellent. They implemented a lot of middle-of-the-field open coverage and showed a lot of quarters looks that charged Joseph with manning deep middle regions in the field, uh, a challenge that he answered without being conned or baited out of his leverage areas. Long, fluid, smooth in transition, worked down in the slot in the red zone from time to time, had a tremendous interception against Garrett Wilson in the Big Ten uh, championship game, one-handed, uh, so really good hand, uh, ball skills, hand-eye coordination. I really struggled to poke holes in his game. It was, well, it's a small sample size. Well, maybe his angles could be a little bit better. Well, maybe he could have had a little bit more anticipation to see this a little earlier and go get another interception. But, like, as a redshirt freshman, 
he played unbelievably well last year. I think he gave up two more completions than he had interceptions on the season last year. Yep. Just ungodly play last year. So Brandon Joseph, if he repeats, and I know Northwestern brings guys back with a fair amount of success to stay within the program. If he has the same season this year that he had last year and he does it over 13 games, I don't know what Pat Fitzgerald's going to sell him to keep him because he's <laughs> pro-ready right now. Yeah, an impressive player. I got to him last week. I think he's a consensus one for our entire staff. He which, is. He's one of eight. We only have know. eight players that can claim that title. Uh, it speaks for itself, obviously, the ball production. that It's not just that he's sound. He takes away the football. And, and yeah. Like he's where he's supposed to be, and that's why those interceptions happen. I think I think he's going to be a really, really high caliber NFL safety, and and obviously we think really, really high of him. So uh, teased at the top, I would give recognition to the two Notre Dame guys. I'm not going to give you the full spiel on them, but uh, Kyle Hamilton uh, is another one of those select uh, few eight players in the entire country that has a consensus first-round grade from every single member of our scouting staff. So it's a good year to need safeties between Daxton Hill, Brandon Joseph, and Kyle Hamilton, and that's just in my personal region. Um, it's been fun to watch the different styles of those kinds of guys. And uh, Daxton Hill was kind of a Darnell Savage type. I don't have a Brandon Joseph one that I'm in love with yet, but I can tell you Kyle Hamilton is kind of like a Derwin James type comp for me as far as the versatility that he brings and the impact. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not quite the Jamal Adams where he's so reliant on being in the box. Uh, Hamilton's versatile enough that he can do a lot of those other things as well. Uh, the other one being Kyron Williams, the running back uh, from Notre Dame. I have a second, third eval on him. Uh, he would have been tied with Thayer Munford uh, for that 10 spot. Uh, so Williams is a great little player. I wish he was probably 10, 15 pounds heavier for his style of play. Right, right. But uh, really good in the pass game, really good on third downs, really good in pass pro. Uh, instinctual runner. Uh, not going to kill you in the open field as far as hitting home runs or anything like that, but a really, really likable player. The comp that, Joe, you and I – uh, seem to like is Miles Gaskin with with uh, the Miami Dolphins, a, a better version of that. I think Miles is if you're looking for the the best three down back in the class right now. I don't I don't know how it's, it's not Kyron. Kyron. Yeah, yeah. It, maybe you like Spiller's physicality and vision more. Maybe you like the explosiveness of some other backs, but the three down guy right now is Kyron without question. Which brings us to honorable mention. Uh, I'm just going to bring up some names that I think have some ability to rise up the boards. Uh, Jeremy Ruckert, tight end from Ohio State. Uh, a little under the radar because they never throw tight ends the ball there <laughs> at Ohio State. I'd highly recommend it because he's really good. Uh, Daniel Falele, uh, right tackle, opted out last year for Minnesota. A former Australian rules uh, football player. Uh, got a bunch of offers uh, before he ever played his first snap of American football because he was 6'8", 400 pounds. <laughs> and uh, he's down in weight now, by the way, to, to 380. So oh, he's, wow. he's cut. Yeah, he's, he's lean these <laughs> days. Uh, Garrett Wilson is probably a surprise for some people. Did not make my personal cut. Um, I can appreciate the athleticism, the ball making, or the playmaking skills with the ball in his hands. Uh but I think he he's somebody who I want to see a little bit more from as far as uh, 
winning in a, a multitude of ways as compared to just playing kind of the KJ Hill type role in that offense where you're in the slot a bunch of the times, you'll get some manufactured touches. Uh, I want to see what he can do more as a true receiver and, and with his ball skills when he has to trust the ball down the field. Uh, but certainly electric with the bonus hands. Jaquan Brisker, uh, free safety for Penn State, is one to watch as well. Jahan Dotson, who I know Joe really likes. Joe's higher Dud. on him than I am. Uh, yeah, he's another one of these electric with the ball in his hands types, but I think he's more of a true receiver right now as far as a route runner than Garrett Wilson is. Uh, Joe, you mentioned Joey Porter Jr., the corner from Penn State. One of the longest corners I've ever seen in my life. Those guys get drafted early 10 times out of 10. Right. Uh, Hello, Tyson Campbell. Right. Two more. Rasheed Walker, left tackle from Penn State. I've got a fourth-round grade on him right now, but very, very toolsy. He's a very athletic type. Uh, And and Boye Mafe, an edge defender from Minnesota. I also have a fourth-round grade on him. Uh, The Gophers program is expecting a lot of big things from him. Uh, Just need to see him kind of transition off of blocks a little quicker and have more secondary pass rush counters a little earlier in reps, but he's a very athletic player. So Penn state uh, gets all of the uh, missed opportunities in the top 10 by only having one. They get a lot of guys in the honorable mention group to watch this big 10 group in general has a lot of talent and uh, you taking time out of your day, of course, are very talented as well. And we thank you for being talented and listening to the Draft Dudes podcast, we would cordially invite you back. We have the SEC tomorrow. So hit subscribe, follow along. Kyle Krabs, Joe Manu, Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast.